Hey, this is Eric Olivares, pastor at Axios Church in Lakeland, Florida, and this is our podcast. Axios' mission is to point people to Jesus so they can find worth and purpose in God. We hope this message encouraged you and uplifts you throughout your week. Enjoy the message. But we're going to continue with our Ready, Set, Go today. Listen, we've been going through the progression of David's life from the palace, from the pastor to the palace. And um, I don't know about you, but I've been enjoying this um, sermon series. God has been really challenging me in certain areas of my life. And, um, and as we move forward into this, to what David's life was all about, um, I, I want us to understand this is, when I preach to you or bring something, I don't want it to be a motivational speaking. You can get that anywhere, all right? You can get that from a TED Talk. You can get that from Instagram. You can get that from YouTube. I want us to leave this place changed. I want us to leave this place changed. And as we look into this life of David, today we want to, we're going to go to the best part, the part that we all like, and that is walking into the promise. Walking into the promise. Because we, we started with David actually in the sheep, in the pastures, being a shepherd boy. And then we saw that he actually got into the door by playing, by being obedient and, and, and doing the thing that he just knew. And then last week, we talked about how he, he actually faced the giant. And sometimes we face these giants in our life. But today, we're going to talk about him actually entering, entering in to being king of Israel. Because this is where we all want to be. We all, we, the, the, the difference between when God says, hey, you are called, you, are, you have a great plan for your life, but then actually entering into that plan, a lot of people don't get to that place. Because the only person that can mess up God's purpose in your life is you. Because God has a major purpose in, in your life. God can use you in miraculous ways. But what happens is, is we get in the way, our sin get in the way, and we don't fully activate the purpose on the inside of us because we only care about us. Don't care about us. And we see David here now actually entering into the palace. And we have you ever asked this question in your life? What is my purpose? What am I on this earth supposed to do? Have you, have you asked that question? And, and, and not only what am I supposed to do, what is my purpose, but how do I get there? How do I get there? Have you, have, you, have you really dissected that in your life? And I have a thing to tell you today, join the club. Because it's one of the hardest things in your life to know that you're called by God, but how? But when? But, but how is this going to happen? Is the huge thing that God, this huge plan that God has in your life, but how and why me? Have you ever said that question in your life? Why me? God, you could have chose anybody else, but why me? At times, we can't even accept God's purpose in our life because we don't know, we, we don't even accept that he loves us, that we are favored, that we are called by him, that he has a grand plan for life. You know why we can't accept that in our life? We can't accept his approval in our life because we know us. I know my downfalls. I know my insecurities. I know my thoughts. I know my choices. But I'm here to tell you today that the choices do not identify, the choices does not disqualify you from your purpose. 
Only you can do that. Only you can do that. And as we transition into this mountaintop experience, entering into the promise that David was called to do to be king, here's another question I have for you. When purpose is activated, when you actually walk into your calling, when you walk into your purpose, do you understand that walking into a calling is not just being a pastor? See, some, some of the greatest people that have the most impact in the world are teachers, are health workers, are people that, that work in business offices and everything. Don't look at purpose with ministry. Because ministry is more than just having a microphone. Ministry is living life each and every day as unto God. Every day that you wake up, your ministry starts. Every day you wake up, you have the opportunity to be a minister in the place that you live in. But in this world, we say, oh, only the purpose and calling is only for this. No, you have the purpose and the calling of God. It says go out and and preach the gospel across the world. That's not only for ministers. That's for you. And God's call is saying when purpose is activated in your life, where does your focus go? Where does your focus, do? does your focus go only to the success and the goals that you reach? Or do your focus goes to the God who opened the door? Because who opens the doors in our life? Ask me, God. Sometimes we, we kind of open our own doors. And there are doors that we're not supposed to be walking in. But when really, when we really walk into the calling, David is actually going to become king at this moment. And the question is, where does his focus go to? Romans chapter 8 verse 28 says, and we know that those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. We love that verse. This is where we shout and we run and we do the little piano thing that you just did. I'm jealous because you did it for him. You didn't do it for me. <laughs> this is where we go. God, everything, you know, everything, everything works together for my good. You know what I'm talking about. You've been to those churches before. That's what we love. Everything works together for my good. According, but here's the thing, it's according to his purpose. So if you're in a place in your life where maybe it's going a little bit wonky, a little place where it seems a little bit disorganized, maybe you have to ask the question, is this God's purpose? Because all things work together for those according to his purpose. And the thing I know is when you decide in your life to grow, when you decide in your life to not just stay stagnant, to grow in your life, to be better, to grow, do you understand that the target gets bigger on your back? That the enemy doesn't, he don't care about you whenever you're not trying. But when you try to grow, when you try to activate purpose in your life, when you're trying to walk out the calling in your life, the target gets bigger. You're wondering why the enemy's fighting more. I'm trying to be the best I can. I'm reading my word. I'm fasting. I'm doing all I can. It's because it's not because that you're this special person. It's just your target's bigger because the enemy's job is to kill your purpose. He doesn't want you to activate the true purpose in your life. And we see David here. Yes, the battle was won on the outside, which is the giant. But he had to battle the raging battle on the inside. See, we can all put a front up. 
And we can see the giants fall in our life. But is the giant fallen on the inside? Because sometimes those are the worst things we have to fight. The inside. So now we see David becoming king. At 15 years old, he was anointed king in the pastures. About 16 to 20, he was fighting the giant. And now he's 30 years old becoming king. And you think it's God's going too slow on you. I'm talking about 15 years. Are you, are you disciplined enough to wait 15 years to walk into your calling? Are you obedient enough to wait 15 years to walk into your calling? Are you okay enough to be under a person, under that boss, under that, 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 that boss that you don't like for 15 years than to enter into your calling? This is where David is. I'm just trying to set it up for you real fast. Because David was under a man, Saul, who at a certain point literally wanted to kill him. But David continued to be faithful. There was even this one time that David had the opportunity to kill Saul. They were in a cave, and Saul didn't know David was in there. And David, the, the, David's men were like, hey, this is your opportunity. Get him out. You can now enter into, the, enter into the throne. And David felt so bad that he cut a piece of his robe off that he had to repent. Because he was faithful because he knew it wasn't his moment. But this is what we do. We take matters into our own hand. We have a society in our, in, that we live in. It's like, hey, just take it. But what if it's not ready to be taken? See, we have to know that God is orchestrating our life. And here David is now 30 years old. Everything he ever was faithful in, everything that he's ever prayed for, everything that he's ever dreamed, he's now walking into it. But today, I do not want to talk about just the purpose. Because we can get into the purpose of God, but the reality is we have to learn as, as followers of Christ is to protect the purpose. Protect the purpose. That's what we're talking about today, protecting the purpose, because here's the reality. We all want to be and live and, and be in the, 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 the we want to just step into being king, but there's pressures of the calling. And if you don't know how to handle the pressure, your guard is always going to come down. You've seen those people all the time. They look at the, they look at the CEO, they look at the boss, they're like, I want to get there. And they take their steps to get there. But when they get there. The pressures of the calling and their guard comes down. And this is where David was. Let's go to 2 Samuel chapter 11, verse 1 and 5. And those that care, um, our team lost 0-4, okay? Um, and, um, but pray, saints, all right? But 2 Samuel chapter 11, verse 1 and 5, we see David, now king, walking out the purpose that he has for his life. And he falls and his guard comes down and he doesn't protect the purpose that God's given him. Let's go to verse um, one. And in the spring, at the time when kings go off to war, where is David right now? Where, what is his calling? To be king, right? So let's just take, let's just look at it right there. It says, in the springtime, when kings go off for war, David sent Joab out the king's men and the whole Israelite army they, dest they destroyed the Ammonites and besieged Rabbah, but David remained in Jerusalem. 
And one evening, David got, David got up from his bed and walked around on the roof of the palace. From the roof, he saw a woman bathing. Wonka, wonka, wow, wow. Okay? And women, the women was very beautiful. And David sent somebody to find out about her. And the man said, she is Bathsheba, the son of Iliman, the, the wife of Uriah the Habitite. Habite. Why can't he just have real names? And then David sent messengers to get her. She came to him and he slept with her. For she was purifying herself from her monthly uncleanliness. And she sent back home. And David and, and the woman conceived and sent word to David and said, Oops, I'm pregnant. See, this is, the sh this is some of the shows that you guys like to watch, right? It's in the Bible. You're like, oh, some of the girls, I saw it. I saw it in the face. You're like, oh, yeah, give me some more of that. Give me some more of that. This is like the worst bachelor ever. I mean, this is the worst, this is the worst case scenario of in David's life. See, you, he has, he's in a vulnerable position. He has achieved what God has given him, but he let his guard down, and now he is stuck. He's stuck. Success of the purpose achieved, you can't let your guard down. Have you been there? Have you seen people in that position before? That they prayed. They prayed for that relationship. They fasted. They were so disciplined at one point. And then when God gave them the promise, they let their guard down, and now they're in a vulnerable position. Vulnerable position is protecting the promise. See, we have to identify some things that David was uh, really doing in this time so then we don't have to do this. Because the Bible's there to show us what not to do and us show us what to do. So we're going to see two perspectives here. This is some of the things that David should have not done. And this was the pressure of the promise because we have to understand that he was supposed to be at war. It said all kings in the spring went to war. But there was a sad verse that we don't really talk about all the time. It said, David remained back. That's our first thing. He remained back. David should have been out in battle, but remained back. In, in, the second, in 2 Samuel chapter 10, he said he sent Joab and his mighty men to go and fight the battle. And the reality is, is when we remain back, See, David was supposed to be in battle, but just because he got the authority to not go doesn't mean he shouldn't still win. See, sometimes God tells us to do these crazy things in our life, but if we remain back, we're never going to live out our purpose. See, what if David actually did what God told him to do? He probably wouldn't fall in sin with Bathsheba. See, the, here's what the enemy tells you to do. Take the easy way out. Just stay back. Just stay back from that relationship. Just stay back from reading your word. Just stay back from coming to church. Just stay back. When you remain back, your guard is down, and then the first thing that you see is, wonka, wonka, wow, wow, Bathsheba. See, this is a sexual sin at this moment, but it can be anything in your life. 
when, you, when you're not walking into what God has you, when you're not walking with the Lord, when you're not being uh, intentional in your walk with Christ, you're remaining back from what God is really trying to tell you to do. And when you remain back, you start, your character starts going down a little bit. You start looking to the left and to the right, and you fall into temptation. So, David, if you only went, maybe you wouldn't be in this position. See, when we remain back, we're acting in our purpose and not God's purpose. When you remain back, you're living in the flesh and not in the fullness of the spirit. When you remain back, you are not truly living the fullness of God. It says in the word of God that if you are lukewarm, on the fence, hot or cold, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, you're just doing it, party it up. And then on Sunday, you're like, great is your faithfulness. It doesn't work that way. Because character matters. When you're alone matters. When, when, when your thoughts matter. Because it, it shows us how God can trust us with the purpose. See, David remained back. And he fell into this, this, the trap of the enemy. Not only did he fell, but he, he actually acted on it. He acted on it. And this is the second thing that we need to see what David was doing and that we need to work on. It said this. His, he had curiosity over sound judgment. See, some of the things that we fall into in our lives, sins and all these things, we, we look back and we're like, dummy, why you did that? Sometimes it's us just having sound judgment, like us being like, hey, I shouldn't do this because I know it's not going to be beneficial for my life. Sometimes we, you know, it, it is a spiritual thing, but sometimes it's you saying no. It's you actually caring about your life and saying no to that alcohol, saying no to that relationship. It's us, it's you having sound judgment. But curiosity gets in the way. See, David saw Bathsheba, and she was looking good and if you see here he was on top of the rooftop but then he sent out for him to actually sin see some of us we are on top of the roof and just you know dabbling with sin just looking at it just getting enough and then we we, we say God's grace is good yes his grace is great but sometimes you got to make decision to not break his heart his grace is there. His grace is sufficient. But stop doing dumb things. Stop looking in places you're not supposed to do. You, I'll say it like this. Your mama and daddy raised you well. Do it. <laughs> like, you remember those spankings you used to get? Papaos and chancletas and all of them? Like, sometimes we just have to just make wise choices. David, you know that looking at this girl... It's going to make you feel certain ways. But what he did, he made his feelings take over him. And he sent out for Bathsheba. Bathsheba just doesn't just join, walk in like, no. This is the, one of the saddest verse. It said that he sent out. David, a man after God's own heart, who walked his purpose out from the pastures into the palace is now making these dumb choices when God has always been there with David. See, it doesn't, our sin doesn't disqualify us from God's grace, but 
you got to make wise choices. It's like, sometimes it's just simple. Like, you know, David, you know that this is wrong. You know, and we see two accounts in the Bible. We see um, Joseph, the Potiphar's wife, was trying to seduce Joseph, trying to be like, hey, what did Joseph do? It said he ran out almost butt naked. He said, I am not even, uh, I'm not even attempting to make this happen in my life. It said he ran. Let's look at the account of David. David saw, and he's like, oh, shoot. She's taking a bath, and she's looking good, and he sent out. See, Joseph looked foolish but made the wrong cho right choice. Nobody probably would have known about Bathsheba and David. That's character. Even when, even when, when nobody's looking, God still knows. See, the sin of David, he, it was just a thought at first. Be careful with your thoughts. And your thoughts becomes a little loose and eventually become actions. And you tell yourself, oh, it's just one time. Oh, this will never happen to me. But you have to understand you are human. And you can't put yourself in positions that are vulnerable to what you're dealing with. Sometimes it's just a sound judgment. See, in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15, it says, do your best to present yourself as, as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. We have to present ourselves. We got to... To be approved by God, you just got to make some wise choices. And, and when you start believing the lie, oh, just a little bit is just not going to hurt. What happens when you're down? What happens when your life is in, 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 in shambles? What do you run to? What do you run to? We have to make sound judgments in our life. Number three, David acted on impulse. He acted on impulse. See, he sinned in his mind on the roof, but he accepted the sin when he acted on it. See, impulse of feelings lead to unwanted consequences in life. Because what happened? Maury show. She pregnant. She's pregnant. But this is what happens in life. This is the, I call it the snowball cycle of sin. Bathsheba, David acts on a sin. And do you know your sin not only is for you, it hurts other people around you? Because now Bathsheba, yeah, she acted on it. She's pregnant. And now David, to try to hide what happened, sends Bathsheba's husband to the front line of battle knowing he's going to die. Snowball. I have to hide my impulse decision. And then when that happens, oh, I got to hide this. I got to hide this. And you find yourselves, where the heck? What? You don't even know what's truth anymore. Because the snowball of sin that happens 
in your life. David had to deal with the guilt and the shame of this impulse decision. God had a huge plan for David's life. And yes, David at, at, at a certain point turned his life back to God. But the reality is David could have decided to just stay there. And this is what happens to us as believers at times. We, we, we fall into the snowball of sin and we have to hide and hide and we just stay there and not try to accept his grace again because we feel shame and guilt. But the reality is, listen, there's no shame and guilt that can keep you away from God. Yes, you might mess up, but when you come humbly, we see David in Psalms uh, that he's just crying out. He says, God, he, he prayed this prayer. He said, God, if you could take everything away, take the throne, take everybody, please don't take your presence. He knew what was the most important thing. But we can't act on impulse in our life. My wife tells me this all the time. The first thought that comes in your head, don't say it. Have you been there before? Where, like, you, you think something real fast or somebody gets you upset and you think what you want to say. You know you want to you'll just get this person. You got the best comeback ever. And you say it. And as you are saying it, you're just like you want to tug of war and get those words back and put it back in your mouth. But you can't. It's too late. But my impulse of a feeling for a moment now ruins my character for a lifetime. Because now that person would be like, hey, this is the person that cussed me out one time. Do you see that it, it's just snowballs? And the credibility that you had can be lost in a moment of impulse. David, if you only use the power that you have on the inside. So now we're in this position. We see David sinning with Bathsheba, living in this impulse. But what are some things now that we see not to do? What are some things that we need to do so we don't fall in this position in our life? And not, not only in a sinful way, but in just every aspect of our life. How do we protect the purpose that God has for us? Number one, this is how we protect the purpose. We walk the right walk. Let me, let me, let me tell you this. David arose from his bed and walked around the roof. The Hebrew verb through... Uh, form of walk suggested that David paced back and forth on the roof, uh, on the roof. He couldn't sleep or was uneasy for what he saw. Have you heard the saying before? Sin will take you farther than you want to go, keep you longer than you wanted to stay, and cost you more than you wanted to pay. It said that he was going back and forth. Have you, just, have you just gone in circles in your life sometimes? Just back and forth. God, I want, I want to do right, but I, I fall back into this sin. God, I, I want to do, I want to serve you better. I want to, I want to get connected with people, but I, I, just, I just make these decisions. And, and you just feel like you're going in circles in life around your sin, around your issue. See, we need to walk in obedience and not in circles in disobedience. See, James chapter 4, verse 17 says, So whoever knows right, the right thing to do, and fails to do it, for him it is sin. See, sometimes we know we're just walking back and forth. It said David was just walking on this on the roof back and forth when when he should have just he should have just went inside. Yeah, Bathsheba was there. Yeah, he saw her, but he should have just 
ran away. But when we walk around our sin, ooh. Oh, okay. She's still there. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a crazy illustration, but this is what we do in life. Oh, I'm feeling down today. Is Bathsheba there? Oh, oh uh, my, my wife, uh, my husband is not giving me the attention I want. Is Bathsheba there? We go back for a false sense of comfort, but we, be, we, let, we leave with guilt and shame in our life. We got to stop living the circle of our sins. Stop walking in circles and start following the narrow path. You heard what I said there. It's a narrow, straight path. See, Matthew chapter 7, verse 13 and 14 says it like this. Enter through the narrow gate. For the wide is, for, for the wide is the gate and the broad and, and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many enter in through it. But the but small is the gate and narrow is the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. That's a tough verse. Because we all want to be so inclusive. We all want to just, you know, it's just a little sin. But the reality is there's a narrow path that only leads to life. And that's you being disciplined. That's you showing love, kindness. And when we stray away from that narrow path, it becomes wider. And we might have more opportunities, but they will lead to destruction. We have to stay that straight path. We got to walk in the straight line. We got we to gotta, um, have his word in our heart. We have to, we have to go to him for our, our issues and our problems. Stop walking circles and walk the straight, narrow path that God has for us because it's hurting your purpose. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 21 says, but uh, uh, oh, here's the second thing. Here's the second thing that we, we need to know in our life is we need to always discern. If you are not discerning things in your life, you're living on impulse. Because sometimes we got to look at what's happening, and if it looks shiny and beautiful, we just jump at it. Oh, he's, he's fine. Oh, jump at it. But what happens in our life is we're not discerning, and we're falling into the trap of the enemy. Because the enemy, is, the only thing he knows how to do is trick you. Like, boo. <laughs> he, he whispers lies. He whispers the, these things that he thinks that, that you think can fulfill your life. But the reality is, when you're not discerning in the spirit, curiosity out of the flesh will lead to unhealthy curiosity. See, sometimes curiosity is good because it leads you towards God. But when curiosity is bad... And we're not discerning in, in the Lord. It, we, we just fall into the things of the enemy. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 21 says, says this. But test what? <clears throat> but test everything and hold fast to what is good. Sometimes it's okay to just wait and think and fast and just wait on the Lord. To discern if this is the right season for me to be in. To discern if this is the right relationship for him to be in. Because if we don't, we're just walking and living on impulse in our life. 
Another thing that we need to do is we need to act on faith and not on impulse. We live in a society, and I'm probably going to rock some people's world real fast. James, you can come. There's a difference between, <laughs> how do I say this? There's a difference between living in faith and trusting in faith and living in this new thing that this world's telling us is called um, to, um, what's, what's the word? Um, manifest things. There's a difference between manifesting things and living in faith. Everybody's just write down the four things you want and manifest it. Got to be careful. Because you might be manifesting things that are in your will and not God's. Because we all want the nice car. We all want the is it, is it. But when you manifest in the flesh, you get fleshly things. But when you have faith in the spirit, you have a life that is full of faith. And you know what it is? It's a difference between our will and God's will. When we, when we don't have the faith, because here's the thing about faith. Faith doesn't happen right away. Sometimes it takes time. It took him 15 years to walk into the purpose. So we take things of society. We take things of the world. We take things that, that make us feel good and call it faith. But in reality, it's a cop-out for real faith. Yeah, you can have the, you can manifest things, know this person, talk to this person, do this, send that DM. Yeah, you can manifest what you're, you want your world to be, but are you truly living what God has for you? Be careful that you walk in the spirit and not in the flesh. And you can write down things and everything, which is great, but is it God's will? Because when we live in God's will, when we live in his faith, it's not that it's, it, it, everything becomes easier, but it's worth it. It's worth the wait. It's worth it. What, and, and the culture is manifest, manifesting our goals and ambitions. And everything. Be careful to, to live in faith and not something that you produce. We have to live a life in our eyes and our ears attended to God's call in our life. Faith isn't my will, it's trusting his plan. I wait on the Lord. I trust in the Lord. I do not move unless God says, because living in impulse leads to flesh living. Second Corinthians chapter five, seven. For we walk by faith and not by Sometimes you're not going to see. You just got to believe. It's going to be hard. It's going to be hard. But do you have the faith to walk it through? Do you have the faith to be a shepherd boy, to fight a giant, to protect the purpose that God has given you? It's about faith in him. See, God is working out this huge plan in your life and the purpose for your life. But our job is to protect that purpose when God opens that door. And don't let the pressure of the 
purpose bring our guard down. We have to stay discerning. We got to stay in faith. We got to not get our ego up because what happened was probably is David said, hey, I'm king and I can do what the heck I want. I already made it. What we talked about last week, ego dismantles purpose. And he said, hey, because I'm king, no one would know and everybody would keep my secret. Bring on Bathsheba. But he knows. And the reality is he's in charge of your purpose. So it doesn't matter what I care about. You need to care what he cares about. And when we do that, we're walking out and we're not putting ourselves in vulnerable positions. Keep your spiritual guard up and use the power that he has on the inside. Listen, integrity, have integrity in your purpose. Build a strong character in your purpose. Have self-control, hope, and faith. And don't lose you in the midst of the process. Listen, I don't have like a shout down message for you. I just here to just show you the warning signs and say, hey, you can do it. You, you have the ability. God has given you the, the purpose to walk it out, but you have to protect that thing. Nobody's going to protect it. Listen, if this person's not supposed to be in, in, in a part of my thing, you have to let it go because you have to protect your purpose. You have to protect what God is a gift in you, what God is letting you steward. You have to protect it. So if I have to do what I have to do, I have, if I have to let some things go, if I have to add some things into my life, I'm going to do it because I have to. It's my job to protect the purpose. Don't let your guard down. Stay spiritually ready. The target's going to get bigger when you're trying to do what's right. So know that. Keep your guard up. Stop listening to the lies, live in faith, and be who God's called you to be. Walk out in purpose today. Every head bowed, every eyes closed. Maybe some of you are like, what? I don't know what I'm here to do. I don't know what my purpose is. It's okay. Still be faithful. Still show up. It took David 15 years. And David knew what he was supposed to do. And it still took 15 years for David to walk into his purpose. So if, you're, if you are in year two, year three, month one, still be faithful. The key component to David walking into his purpose was staying faithful when he shouldn't have been faithful. Continue to show up, continue to read your word, continue to be who God's called you to be because one day you're gonna walk in and the pressure might be there and how are you gonna handle the pressure of the purpose? We gotta stay strong. Thank you again for joining us here at Axios. Hey, to hear more messages just like this, go ahead and subscribe to this channel. If you want more information about Axios, go to axioschurch.com. There you can get more information, give, and connect. Remember, we love you, and we're in this together.